You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed last week's episodes of the podcast. They're a little bit longer. The content was a little bit heavier, but I've had several people in the church who told me that it was meaningful for them to listen and to think about it. So special thanks to Bob Stewart at New Orleans. Uh, You might even want to send him an email or something. His email will be available on the NOBTS website at nobts.edu. Search for Robert Stewart. He did a great job. Well, church family, I want to pick up today where we left off yesterday. So we are studying the book of Acts together, and we're looking for a template to understand the core of our mission and what it is to be the church, so that even in these unpredictable times with COVID-19 and all the changes in our setting, we will understand how to be healthy on God's mission. So we're trying to re-equip ourselves by re-understanding who we are as the bride of Christ. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about what it would look like to be devoted to the church, devoted to church life together. And I want to move to the next story in the book of Acts. This story comes in Acts chapter 3. There's a healing episode that actually triggers um, several chapters worth of interaction back and forth from the apostles and the community and the Sanhedrin and the back to the gathered believers. So this healing episode becomes pretty central for the next few minutes in the book of Acts. Well, let's, let's read it. Uh, there's a few things I love about this story. So I'm going to be in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. I hope to encourage you with this for a little bit of a devotional podcast. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. I think it's interesting that the apostles are still committed to the time of prayer that they had observed as Jewish believers before the Messiah, and now they're Jewish believers who've received their Messiah, but they're still going to the temple and they're still faithful in their prayer routines. So they're on their way to the temple at the time of prayer. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his his attention, expecting something from them. I personally and pastorally appreciate this personal interaction that this poor beggar probably wasn't even looking in the face or the eyes of the passersby. I would imagine that this individual had taken on himself shame all his life for his condition and had eventually begun to see himself as less than a beloved child of God to the point that he doesn't even look people in the eyes anymore. Hey, church family, listen, as we are carrying out God's mission at our schools and workplaces all week long, I want to ask you, do you see those people around you whose shame is so heavy laden on them that they honestly can't look us in the eye, can't look you in the eye, can't look their family in the eye, maybe even in the mirror can't look themselves in the eye? Some of that is just what's happened in their heart from being beat up for years. This guy hasn't done anything wrong. So he meets Peter and John. Then Peter said to him, silver 
or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. How powerful is this? So, first of all, I think it's neat that Peter and John were two of the leading apostles in the early church movement, and they didn't have any money to give the guy. Like, he's just asking for money. They didn't have any. They were, they were still broke. I think that's a great reminder that God never says in the book of Acts or anywhere else in his Bible um, that you should be in this for any kind of monetary rewards. And even a lot of the people out there who really do need help in lots of ways, they need, they need food, they need shelter, they need money, they need resources, they need skills, they need opportunities, they need friends and relationships and partners. The world needs a lot, and the people that you're going to meet today need a lot. And some of those things you should be able to give them, and we should give them. The Bible is very clear. That if a believer meets a, another brother or sister in Christ who has needs and we're able to meet those needs and we just turn our back and say, hey, I hope it goes well, be warm, be fed, then the love of Christ is not in us. So we need to take it very, very seriously that we do have an obligation to meet the needs of believers. We have an obligation, I believe, to love the world, love our neighbor, meet their needs. But there's a deeper and greatest need that Peter and John are able to show even though they couldn't help this person financially, they were able to help them. They were able to help this person in a way that changed their life forever. So in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I know it's interesting to me that Jesus is called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The, you know, the of Nazareth, the village location, it's not always used when we're talking about Jesus. But this is pretty early in the Christian church. It's pretty early in the ministry where we need to identify Jesus a little more specifically, I guess. Jesus, the Messiah, the one from Nazareth. I also think it's cool because, you know, we've got that great quote, can anything good come out of Nazareth? As if Nazareth is not a place with great reputation. You know, Nazareth was not some you know famous city. And you're meeting this humble guy on humble terms with a Messiah who became humble to save the whole world. So verse 7. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and he instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk, and he went out with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So yesterday we talked about the faithfulness of the early church filling their neighbors with awe at the signs and wonders that were done. And this miraculous healing really was a sign and wonder. But even bigger than that, this man's salvation, that this man has now learned to trust in the name of Jesus Christ, not just for healing, but even ultimately for salvation and adoption to God's family. Like his life potentially has changed forever. And the watching world has seen his transformation. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the world has seen your transformation too. They're seeing what Jesus is doing in your life. Show them the glory of the new creation in the way that you love your neighbor. Also, as you minister this week to people in the name of Jesus Christ, recognize that the transformation in their heart, it'll declare the glory of Christ. It can fill our community with awe at the wonder of Jesus because these folks recognized who he was before. They see who he is now, how he's praising God. What voices will be praising God at the end of this year because of your witness and your ministry? Whose life will be transformed because you joined with Jesus and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you carried out ministry, looking people in the eyes, 
offering clarity in the name of Jesus and led people with the Holy Spirit into the transformation that God has for them. Church family, I hope you'll reflect on Acts chapter 3. So just so you know, as the week goes on, I'll share what happens next and it will be a roller coaster ride. I love you. I thank you for tuning in. I cannot wait to see you the first of the week when we show up next Sunday for worship. May God bless you, church.